Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew, Krim, Seth, Richard, and uh, former Commander Clash person, I guess now, uh, Tomer, hello. Uh, we're all here to discuss Commander-related topics, and today we're going to be talking about something that has uh, caused some controversy as of late in the in the community as, at large, and that's Commander product fatigue. People are saying uh, these days uh, that there's just too much Commander product. It's too hard to keep up with all the new Commander cards that are coming out uh, this year. And it seems like an ever-increasing rate, or at least that's the feeling uh, for most folks. And uh, it, it feels like it's, it's just like tiring people out. They can't keep up. And they're losing interest in Commander as a whole. or being frustrated by Commander as a whole because of this influx of commander product so we're going to just kind of discuss uh that feeling in general how valid it is we have a couple sources that we're going to be going over and uh again also get our own takes on it so first before we jump into uh some of the graphs and, and, and other sources that we have to pull from uh, i wanted to go around the table and just ask everybody what are you feeling about uh the commander related products are you feeling any sort of fatigue so we'll start with Richard. Uh, what, what's your take on, on this whole thing? It's okay. I don't know. There, there's a lot of products, but I ignore most of them. Uh, <laughs> like, like I ignore most of the commander decks that come with uh, standard sets. Typically, they've been lower powered. Um, I'm okay with like the general number of products. I don't think that's overwhelming, but I, I do have an issue with like how many commander specific cards. So like the number of products is probably fine, but when they start jamming like commander specific cards into a modern horizon set, hmm. that leads to some question marks. So more about that aspect of it rather than just like the sheer number of cards. So what are the question marks that you get? Uh, what exactly does not does not appeal to you about having a bunch of commander-related products in non-commander sets? Well, I feel ripped off as someone trying to play modern. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'm like, like, excuse me, this, you know, I'm a setup for modern here. Like, what am I doing with commander cards? Right? And it's just the fact that they're designing specifically for commander. I'd rather they do that once a year and for the rest of the year, let players decide what goes into commander decks, right? Like when they make cards that say all opponents or, you know, things like that, or they're like, oh, white needs card draw. Let me put this random white card draw into Modern Horizons. I, I take issue with that. I'd rather them have one product a year where they do that and then the rest of the time, print cards for Modern, let commander players actually decide which Modern cards should go into commander and then let it kind of sort out by itself. What about best of both worlds, though? Let's say you have a legendary creature that happens to be broken in modo, modern, kind of like a Ragavan, perhaps. Then then you get the modern, you get your modern card, right, Richard? But you also get a uh, The card. other thing about Constructed is, like, everything's just randomly legendary nowadays, right? Like, like I want four Ragavans on the battle. Can't. They're legendaries. Why? I don't know, <laughs> right? Like, just too many things are legendary for no specific reason as well, so... I don't know that's best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, Seth, what what do you think about commander fatigue? So, uh, in some sense, I'm with Richard, where 
well and this isn't completely true because i do spoiler videos and stuff but personally i end up tuning out a lot of them like I, I i couldn't tell you most of the new cards in like strixhaven commander like i did a video on them when they released and talked about them but now a few months have gone past and four more sets have come and gone and i couldn't really tell you what was in there so i i mostly have gotten to that point as well where after the initial spoilers and the hype of the new cards, they a lot of them just kind of end up getting forgotten. I pretty strongly feel that designing cards for Commander is like against the spirit of the format. That's something I mentioned before. Like, I feel like part of what makes Commander great is it's this home for your old cards that don't work anyplace else. And the more new cards that Wizards prints to specifically be good in the format, the less of those cards see play and the further we kind of just like drift away from what the format was initially designed to be. And maybe that's the old man yelling at the clouds thing. And you should just like embrace the change and be fine with like the new version of commander that's, you know, happening now with all these new cards and products. But personally, I kind of like commander when it's growing organically through cards that are just printed for other purposes and then seeing play in the format. So there's a lot there's a lot is it too much i don't know if we've crossed that threshold yet but i feel like we're heading in a direction where at some point if we keep seeing this acceleration of products and commander products i think we will get to that point in the in the pretty near future if we haven't already gotten there mm -hmm. there's like too much of a good thing really like you feel like it's the amount of extra products for commander and all these sets being geared to it might be hurting the format overall in terms of the health of it I think it has potential to hurt the format over the long term. I think it's probably okay right now, but I, I feel like if it starts to feel like a format that Wizards has built from the ground up in the last few years with pre-con cards and Commander Legends cards, that becomes a lot less appealing to me. I, I've already seen like on the fringes, you see people talking about like real commander, like old school commander and like commander, but you can only play cards before 2011 when the first commander precons came out or whatever. And if we're already seeing like that kind of reaction around the fringes of the format, that's a sign that at least for some people, uh, you know, it can be a negative. Fair enough. All right, Krim, what, what's your take on uh, the influx of commander products? Do you feel any fatigue? I haven't felt the fatigue yet. Uh, do I remember every card that's come out? No. Uh, but the thing here is that I do enjoy the fact that they've now put their eyes on Commander for a few reasons. It has its ups and downs, right? Like, I do enjoy the influx in product because now there's a lot more cards I can play with. I think just the... I, I forgot. I, somebody had mentioned just in the last year, we got a silly amount of new Commanders. Uh, and a mm -hmm. lot of these new Commanders are pretty cool. Right, like I, I do enjoy a good amount of these commanders. It's when they start just releasing the same commander reskinned. That's when I start uh, finding it a little bit of a problem. And we'll eventually get to that point, like uh, Seth had mentioned. So, and I guess at this point, we've gone so far from me being able to play the cards that I normally like, like my pet cards, that I guess I've kind of gotten used to it. Right, I've I've, got, I've adapted to the times, if you would, and. I don't hate it. I think it's got it like as it has its perks. Like having, I, I I know this cycle isn't popular, but example, I liked the free spells. I know, I know. Uh, I like <laughs> the free spells. of course. I know oh, I did. Sure. But <laughs> the, the the thing is, I don't. I don't. Maybe that's because I've just gotten used to it more than anything. And since I got used to it, it's been fine. But 
right? I don't remember every card that's come out. <laughs> like, like, mm-hmm. I, I know a few here and there. Like I for I actually I have all the Strixhaven Commander bo- like decks or whatever, and the D and D ones, and I haven't opened all of them yet. So I don't even know what's in them. I just know that there's more cards, and I know the deck list are kind of cool. They're kind of cool. So yeah, not really feeling fatigue yet, but I feel like we're gonna get there. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys, and specific to number of legendaries in particular. <clears throat> it used to be that every legendary was some like iconic character, right? You're like, oh, you know, it's Sissy or whatever, Gerald, whatever, right? Nowadays. I'm like, who's this dude? Why are they uncommon? What do they do? Yeah, Nothing? Yeah. Okay. Right? When we when we did Realms Forgotten, uh, you know, normally we, we, we choose commanders and we're like, okay, but there's like so many more good ones. Let's go another round. And we end up with like three or four episodes and we got to cut ourselves off because, you know, it would be too compre- uh, repetitive. Now we do like four of them and we're like, the rest look the same. We can just go on to the next theme. <laughs> right? Like, I, I yeah. feel we've lost some kind of luster on what it means to be like a commander and a legendary like there's just too many of them they're all like c-tier characters we hear about them once and never see them again and, and then like you know once in a blue moon we'll get a yagmoth right but we don't have like the kind of world building or character building we have so there's a lot less attachment to the decks i think right it's just some generic simic commander i can swap them out for any other generic simic commander my deck still works and who cares, right? So what do you guys think about kind of like the, the story aspect of it or like the, the character aspect of it? I mean, let's be honest here. I've always felt the lore has been paper thin. So... Uh, <laughs> but to like, fairy. Like, it's, and I love to fairy. He's stuck I, in a time bubble. <laughs> look, look, being in a time bubble, you know, Nico Bolas wants to go around just apparently harvesting souls, right? Like, so, so very straightforward... Uh, you know, ruining planes, taking over planes, and stuff like that, right? Classic villain kind of stuff. Or, sorry, not mm-hmm. villain, just a character who has a different moral set. <laughs> an anti-hero, perhaps. <laughs> yes, an anti-hero, okay? It says the guy in the Nico Vola shirt. Uh, yeah. But, like, legit, I I do believe that the story has always been paper thin, so it doesn't bother me as much. The books were also... Like, I'm talking about the old books, like the Apocalypse ones, the Odyssey ones, all of that. The lore was there, but the story wasn't that great. The story wasn't that great either. I mean, as I, like, think back and re- – because I read Did you read, read The Brothers War? Is That's the, the Urza one, right? Yeah. It's Urza. Yeah, that, that one's – Are you talking smack about it? I don't think it's bad. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. It's, it's, it's just – We're now a book club. Uh, yeah. What do you think about I, The Brothers War? All these okay. stories have just been – they've always been just – Either yeah. at best, just okay. I mean, there's there's definitely too many legends now. I I think there that's like pretty pretty clear that there's just like way too many, and there's ones that are unnecessary. And I feel like for me, it legendary just doesn't mean anything anymore. Like it really does. I feel like they should just get rid of any rules implications because it just doesn't mean anything. If that's everything what Mark is, wants. <laughs> if everything's legendary, then nothing's legendary. So. Uh, Back in the day, you'd have Grizzlebrand or Avatar. That's not that long ago. It'd be these big, iconic, really important characters. And now when it's like every set has a cycle of 10 uncommons who I could care less about that are legendary for some reason, like, I just don't care about legends anymore. It just <laughs> having so many of them kind of just killed the whole idea of legendaries altogether. So, whatever. Well, I also want to, to bring up... Uh... 
Well, okay, no, no. First of all, first of all, just to age just a little bit, uh, when you're saying Grizzlebrand and Avison wasn't that long ago, that's from 2011. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> ten years ago. Uh, <laughs> Wait, has it been ten years? I think it's oh, my goodness. Uh, right? Innistrad came out in in 2011. Uh, Shadows like Avison restarted. I think came out 2012 or end of 2011. Yeah, I mean it's not that oh, long. Oh my gosh, it's a decade. <laughs> we're boomers. We're boomers. That's yesterday. Uh, Remember when I ICQ'd you the new yeah. Avison spoiler <laughs> set? Uh oh. <laughs> I mean. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I kind of agree on the same point. Like, I, I feel like the influx of, of commander products and, and legendaries and everything can be a good thing. Um, notably, there's a bunch of new products that I think uh, they did a really good job of. Basically, I like it when they uh, explore an archetype that hasn't been properly fleshed out in uh, the set. And that's what they've been... At least Gavin Verhey did a, a thing on on his uh, YouTube channel saying that's that's kind of like the intent of commander products going forward uh, when they were talking about the Midnight Hunt and why there wasn't a werewolf commander in the Midnight Hunt um, as a, a leading a precon. Isn't that so obvious? And he stated a bunch of reasons, like technical reasons why they can't, why it would be difficult to do so. But one of the big reasons he said was that they're trying to have precons explore mechanics that aren't properly explored in the in the set itself, the standard set itself. So he was indicating heavily that you know Midnight Hunt is going to be heavily based on werewolves, but there's going to be other mechanics that aren't going to see as much uh, love and attention in the standard set, and are going to be um, exploring it further in the commander product. So I don't I don't know what the other mechanics are yet um but but that's kind of the idea so like you know like we never had an energy commander for example in kaladesh and you could make an energy deck in kaladesh but for people who love energy and there are dozens of them out there um it would have been great to get an accompanying commander product that had an energy commander you know and the remaining couple of cards to fill out uh energy so like i I like that sort of thing but on the other hand I also don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the latest cards are. The only times I update my my deck is when I write an article about it, and that kind of like forces me to research and, and update the decks. Otherwise, I just wouldn't. Um, and it's hard to keep track of, and everything kind of feels samey, you know, like nothing has a, has a strong impact to me because there's just so much of it. Um, so I'm definitely feeling that fatigue as well. So actually, actually uh, on that point about creating custom commanders, right? Like werewolves. First Innistrad mm. rolls around. Second Innistrad rolls around. Everyone's like, I want a werewolf deck. Give me a legendary werewolf. And then Wizards finally caved, gave the werewolf. And then, I don't know, I've never seen werewolves ever again. Like, is that... It was Ulrich. Is that okay? Like, because when they give you a single choice for a legendary, they're dictating your deck basically, right? Like you don't have any options and you're just going to play the legendary werewolf they give you. Is that better? Like, should they just not have done anything about it? Or should we just all play more fond werewolves and call it a day? Like, you know what? What do you think? I think like I if mean, it's a small archetype, like you don't really need more than one thing. Like how many werewolves are there? Like you, you're pigeon, like if you're making a werewolf deck in commander, there's only like I don't know, like thirty or so werewolves to choose from. You're going to be building the same deck anyway. How many options do you need for that? Like, the smaller the card pool, the less the less commanders you need to support it. I think. Is isn't this why this is like a good thing though that we're getting more and more product? Because then eventually, yeah, we do have the all like the what is it the Ulrichs or whatever. But mm-hmm. eventually, we'll have 
a diverse amount of like you know uh uh werewolf decks i mean i it seems that everybody there's like 50 vampire commanders right but really there's only two werewolves so this is a good thing right this is a net positive for anybody that wants to play werewolves or let's just say random tribes like birds or something like that and so like, like birds stuff. have so many options Wait. don't compare them to werewolves <laughs> But the, the, the thing here is, like, I, I think that there's uh, – with more products, we do get more different, like, options, right? So now everyone – it's not like we're kind of just all one big Ulrich, like, car, like deck, right? We we have different options with more product. I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of vampire commanders. I can only think of Edgar Markov. Like, I, mean, I know there I are other legendary uh, Olivia. vampires. It's just because they all have power crafts, right? They don't right? exist. They don't they, exist they all have power I don't – I've never seen them. I've just seen Edgar Markov. <laughs> I mean, like, why well, would you play em- anything Eminence else? is a mistake. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Eminence is a mistake. Don't you I say mean, that to my Ur Dragon? Oh, how can you think the free spells are are wonderful and Eminence is? Are those very similar? Like no. things that relate to the command zone? Not that's at what, all. That's Don't one of my pet peeves. Like, I really, I really dislike that printing. Printing all these cards leads to them printing cards that just feel really awkward and forced. Like, hmm. I feel like we've seen this with some of the legends, like Ave, I think was a big one for me, when it's like, oh, this is a very, like, a very clean card that you can print and it's fun, but Wizards just had to have it be legendary, so it has this really, like, super convoluted text that is very not clean and simple to try to, like, shoehorn it into being someone's commander. So for me, that's, like, Wow, Wizards is going too far with all this stuff. Like, do we need more werewolf commanders than Ulrich? Yeah, I don't think we need one commander, and I hope there's diversity. But we do we need to, like, twist ourselves into knots to have some wording to make Ave be a legend in case some commander player someday wants to build an Ave deck? I also don't think we got to do that, especially in a set like Modern Horizons it's to, to support Modern. Like, why are you twisting your Modern set in knots to try to make a card work in commander? Hypothetically, mm-hmm. which one's Ave? The green so, storm one that I always punt oh, with oh, with doubling oh, season. Yeah. Oh, parallel lives. And then you realize, <laughs> yeah. we all realize collectively doesn't work for parallel lives. So know. is this net positive or net negative though? Okay. So there's so many cars. We don't remember any of them, but that will also include the random Ulrich in there. The random, you know, ooze commander that someone wants Ulrich. to play. Right. I, so I have an ooze deck. So I was very happy. Yeah. I mean, right. So to, I, I want, is that ooze. net positive? Right. Like, yeah, we don't remember everything, but when you actually go to Scryfall and search for legendary oozes, it's going to pop up and you're going to put in your deck and then everyone's happy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a net positive. I mean, for me, it's like, whatever. If, if I, even if I don't know every card, it's going to be just like discovering a new card, just way later than everybody else. Uh, <laughs> But the thing here is, I I think it's a good thing. Um, hmm. As of right now, I think it's a it's a pretty good thing. We'll see if I feel the same way in a few years. But <laughs> I I I love it. I yeah. being able to like play an ooze deck right now is fun. I mean, I want to get a something better than Progenitor Mimic, but I want it in the same colors. Not better, but just something different. Uh, but yeah, I I hope to see more. I mean, and with every new uh, Progenitor Mimic and and every new Ulrich. Or whatever we are gonna have some bad batches, and I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. As long, like not every one of these are gonna be hits, but doesn't bother me. I, I like it. I like having something for an archetype, but like like when I brought up the Demir Rogue thing, it's like the reason why I brought it up is like who would actually play that as your commander when you have like Anawan and you have other Rogue, you have the other one from Battle from Zendikar, 
uh, Zendikar Rising. I don't even remember his name, but he had like ninjutsu, but for Rogue, he was like Rogue Jutsu. Zareth? Uh, so you already had two option, awesome options for Demir Rogues. And then you have this guy, and he's just like, why? It's there. It's Commander. I don't know. Um, I, that's why like, I feel like there's just so many recent options that are clearly so much better if you want, if you were trying to build the commander kind, why are you going to also add extra like redundancy just a year later? I don't know. That's, that's what irks me a little bit. Isn't that, is it not because I mean the D and D set almost every named character, I'm not surprised they're all legends, right? Cause it's a D and D set. Mm-hmm. So, and this is something that will more so probably be prominent like with, uh, realms reborn, not realm reborn. Whatever that, that's final. <laughs> that's final fantasy. I need to stop. We're getting a final fantasy crossover. Yeah, nice. I mean, I hope so. Okay, but the thing here is that the whatever the Lord of the Rings set is, or yeah, universes beyond, universes beyond. beyond. <laughs> We're gonna see a lot of that there too, right? Because every all the cards are legendary. Yeah, everything. <laughs> that's even like, your lands are probably gonna be legendary. So you don't I mean, really see the trees walk. You don't even, but walk. you don't need that many legends. You can you can showcase the world without going that hard on it but it does feel like a thin thinly veiled attempt at just you know marketing towards commander players like it makes a lot of sense to have a lot of legendaries in there but then it's like you know the reason for that is because we want to have commander players buy all our products now like we're those are the only audience that we really care about that's how it feels like to me i mean well well yeah there's definitely a little bit of that but you know like this is one of the lines they're gonna have to walk and i think we talked about on, on the uh the like the other goldfish podcast and it's that they have to make sure when they do these sets, they have to do it right in that it has to please the people that are fans of the IPs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's like imagine if some main character, like if Iron Man, Tony Stark, wasn't legendary. It would it would yeah. feel kind of bad, right? Mm-hmm. So, so they have to kind of, like, make sure that they walk the line of match, like, you know, doing the character somewhat justice. And that's yeah. why everything is legendary. So well, and of course, yes, there's a little bit of it to to like also like market to the the commander card. So I I don't think it bothers me that much for, or at least that's why I don't think it does. Now, if like, it were a set that was like a random like in a Strad Midnight Hunt, we'll see. Because if everything is legendary there, I'm like, well, okay, why is everything legendary, be. right? Like that, that's I mean, a bit excessive. Hasn't everything been legendary for like the last year or two of sets? Like, aren't we getting 20, <laughs> 30, 40 legends a set? Like, I don't why imagine we'll, yeah. different? Well, <laughs> I don't imagine we'll have like a dearth of legendaries in Midnight Hive for some reason. Yeah, like I mean, like whatever the the like the the zombie like champion or whatever right like the that one we can't name any card i can't name any Lisa of them right now. no not not like champion of the perished right like that's not legendary yeah. right so i mean we're, we're starting off strong i'm surprised that didn't become legendary but there's there's <laughs> he, a lot of stuff had right a name. now yeah i had it but not anymore so i like, haven't seen that many legendaries yet i've seen it in the uh, like the D set right how much do you, you want to bet that they're going to have just as many as like cal time had or whatever I'm willing to put my. They had a lot, yeah. They do. You just don't remember them all because they all suck. Oh, <laughs> like, that, so that's kind of the problem. There are the gods, right? and then the other ones, and then the more other ones, and then the other ones, and then the other the other ones, and this. Yeah, it's just like there's a list. We <laughs> Maybe just don't that's know, true. Man. Maybe I'm just like half of them. I've just put to the back of my mind because I looked at. I'm like, oh, that's bad, and then I just <laughs> <laughs> I just blissfully. <laughs> I've just... I've erased them from my yeah. mind. Is there even any reason to print bad legends that no one wants? Like, why? What's the what's the perv- I'm looking at kind of like Theris Beyond Death, and this has like 
your tropa, some Simic constellation thing. It's got all the like, like uncommon demigods that no one's ever played. It's like it's got they're printing so many uh, legends that a lot of them just aren't interesting. And I think that's like probably the biggest crime. I like some of the new commanders they've printed and we've seen some really good ones. But my concern is like if you're going to print, you know, 14 commander decks a year and commander legends and every set is going to be commander focused. Can you keep up that pace and have it be quality? I kind of almost I don't think so. Feel like the quality's slipping a little bit. Even like we in the last few sets we've been seeing more like typos in cards than I ever uh, remember seeing before. Well, and like remember printing Zephi? errors and like remember yeah. Zephi, he was a he was a face commander for one of the precons for Strixhaven and the pa the paper printed version has misnames him in the in the card text. Is, is I think it's Zaphi Thunder Conductor. He's so he's so noteworthy that I forgot his name completely. But yeah, Zaphi Thunder Conductor. He, his name is wrong on. The he has the title name Zaphi, and then he's mm -hmm. they got it wrong on the other part. It's he's Thunder Conductor, and they call him Thunder Collector. Like, dude, yeah, that's I, a face. How funny that's a that face precon. <laughs> Does that? How does that work with a sorcerer's spyglass? Hypothetically, if they had a, a special event, ah, oh, sorry, dude. Well, I mean, <laughs> as if you're just playing it by the text, like it says, if that's if that spell's mana value is ten or greater, Zephy Thunder Collector deals ten damage. But you don't have a Zephy Thunder Collector, so that will not deal damage. Oh, right. If we're just playing thing. it rules on the on the actual text. <laughs> Uh, like it just doesn't work. <laughs> I kind of feel yeah. like having him so often. Like I worry about the the overworked and like just kind of watered down aspect. But I also feel like it just makes each release less exciting. Like when we got a commander release a year, I was always super hyped about that, and those were always super high quality. And they always had really interesting new cards and some years were better than others, but it was always like a big thing. And now that we're getting like four commander decks with Forgotten Realms and five with Strixhaven and two with this set and two with this set, it's not really exciting. And I feel like the overall, I feel like they're watered down. I feel like the overall quality of the new cards that they're putting into them is just not as exciting and not as interesting and not. I don't know. It's it's harder to care about. So I don't know if anyone else has felt that way, but I almost feel like having it so much just makes it uh, the whole thing less special and less exciting. Is that not all a magic though? Like, yeah. If I take a standard set, you have twenty mythics. Two you actually want, like two are acceptable. <laughs> Sixteen are garbage, right? Like, <laughs> is it maybe that's just the way it's supposed to be? Where even of the highest tier, right, the mythic. It replaced your rare, it must be epic, then it's Comet Storm, right? Like, maybe that's the norm, right? Like, yeah, it, it has to be the, the top of the top, right? Like, yeah, there's a lot of commanders, only the top 25% are playable. The rest are, you know, bulk for you to learn why, you know, certain cards are good or not, right? Like, the reason why they include bad magic cards is so that when you get the good ones, you're like, oh, I see why this one is good. So maybe they're just applying that to commander. I, it's fine. I can see that. I can see that, although I think it's harder if you're selling pre-cons. Because in a booster pack, you got that yeah. randomness and variance. Pre-cons have always been bad. What? Well, I don't think no, that's true. No, no, I the, think the, a lot the of the main ones are good. have been the, excellent. The ones that come with com commander, standard. Yeah, for yeah. commander originally. But like pre-cons have always kind of been bad when it comes to like 60-card formats, right? So yeah. yeah. 
So like, and mm-hmm. I think that's what I mean. Like they they're gonna it's gonna get to a point where oh well, this precon's just another precon because you know precon. It loses specialness. Yeah. I feel. Like I I remember precons I got very initially excited about like 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 Seth said every single year there would be a new precon and I'd be like so excited to think about like what what of the four decks are we going to be getting what new archetype is finally going to get like a lot of the love and attention and what are the cool new uh, ways are going to play around with the commander format as a whole like obviously they're going to misstep eminence is a big one but like it felt it's like every single misstep. year. Yeah, but it felt like every single year they would try something different. I remember they also had like planeswalkers as commanders once year, one year, and that was again. Some people didn't like it, some people did, but it was cool to see them trying out things that didn't work in standard sets. Like these are things that would only show up in a commander product, and it felt like they were really stretching their legs with it, for good or ill. But they were making like a, a cool attempt, so it made me look forward to all those precon decks. Now it feels almost like most of these precon decks, the cards there, like the commanders there, they're in interchangeable between the ones that you get as a commander product and the ones that go into the set. And I know that's intentional because they want them to be attached to standard sets now, but I just don't really have that excitement. And I am falling into this this, this situation where most of them I don't really care about. And I don't, I, like Richard said, I don't know if that's a bad thing necessarily, like maybe maybe it's just good that you don't have to be you, you could only care about c- certain things and you let the less the rest like kind of like if you're like a, just a commander only player you don't really care about what's going in on in standard right like everybody's going making a hubbub about like some random like bone crusher giant or like well i don't care about bone crusher giant it's not it doesn't do anything in commander um so whatever that card should have been uh, legendary yeah but then tell me more about this oko fellow you know like um so it's weird. Like I think the people who are hurt most by this fatigue, and we actually have some stats about fatigue too, by the way, that I'll, I'll mention soon enough. Um, that the people who are like they have to buy everything. There's some people who need to buy their their compulsive Magic the Gathering buyers, and they want to buy one of everything. So whenever a new standard set comes out, they buy that. Whenever there's a new Commander precon, they buy that. And those are the ones who are feeling super overwhelmed um, and the ones who feel like, you know, they just they can't keep up with everything. And that must be very stressful for them. But I I've, I've, personally, I've never been that person. I tune out a lot of stuff that wasn't for Commander. But now I'm starting to tune out a lot of Commander stuff. And this is kind of a new sensation for me that I personally don't enjoy. But like I'm accepting that maybe that's just how it's going to be going forward. I mean, now everyone is just in that boat, right? Before, let's just yeah. say that was just like a standard player, right? Or, or or somebody that plays all the 60 card formats. But now that Magic is making more product that appeals to every demographic of their, or most of the demographics of their game, we're all in the, okay, well, now there's a lot coming out, right? So but you couldn't tune it out before. Like, you can't tune it out now. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing for the game long term? One of the things I worry when I hear you say that is like, It sounds like Wizards is training its most enfranchised fans to not care, not care about their product. Like, is are they unintentionally like teaching people to not care about magic by like putting out so many products that people don't have a choice but to not care about some of them compared to like 10 years ago when you had four standard sets and a commander release and maybe a dual deck and you could care about everything. Now it's just not possible with 
Uh, I don't know. I know there's a video the professor did that you'd mentioned, Tomer, that talks about just the number of products released. You're looking at what, 40, 50 a year? Like a really huge, that's many a month. That's like four a month. Like that's no person segment. can live their life and like have a job and, you know, relationships and care about four different magic releases every month. It's just not possible. So that's actually a good segue because I'll, I'll let Krim after this. Just I, I wanted to throw out the stats real quick because Seth, you alluded to the fact that we, we have we all watched like this Tolarian Community College uh, video. The professor talking about uh, how many new cards or products that we're getting every single year, and people are saying you know like it's too much. Uh, but nobody really like sat down. Not all, or not a lot of people actually sat down to see if there is an influx in products. Number one, uh, but Professor did did so, and he said. Uh, basically, I have this image popping up right now uh, for people who are watching it on YouTube, but I'm going to just read it out anyway. Uh, so Spotify people are not missing out on anything. Uh, on, in 2011, Magic the Gathering had 10 Magic the Gathering products out, um, 38 individual components. If you broke down those products uh, down to any uh, any individual pieces, for example, uh, one one of the products that came out in 2011 was the Commander, original Commander 2011 precondex. But there were four precons that came with it. So there were uh, of the individual components, there were four of those. And then if there was like alternate ways of buying certain products, for example, as well. Um, so there were 10 MTG, uh, um, MTG products and 38 individual components in 2011. You fast forward it nine years later, in 2020, we had 34 MTG products, which also includes the secret layers, each one being its own thing, and then 67 individual components. So that's like if you could buy a, a secret layer, if it was a bundle, you buy the individual pieces. If there was a commander set that came out, the individual precons, uh, you know, draft boosters, set boosters, collector boosters, all these variations. So 34 and 67 compared to 10 and 38. And in 2021, the year is not even over yet. And we're on track currently to having 32 magic products and 56 individual components, not counting the stuff that hasn't been announced or, or being released. Like I'm sure there's going to be more secret layers and whatnot to boost those numbers up. So what we're, what we're talking about, like product fatigue in general, it's definitely a, it's definitely an influx of product. That's undeniable fact that there is more product coming out now than ever before. Essentially, uh, but, sorry, I, I cut you off, Krim. I just wanted to give a context for everybody listening. Uh, I I think well, I mean, yeah, like what Seth had mentioned. It, it's like they are kind of they've already kind of like planted that thought process in our brains, right? I mean, the not every product is for you thing. Like you, mm -hmm. so they've already kind of started that, and, and they've been very open about it. So, like, yeah, like I mean, that's just that, right? Like, is that good for the game long term? I mean, you—they're eventually just making enough cards so that there's something for everybody. So, I think something that Magic players will—we've been used to—is that every set has been for us. Everything has been for us because there was only two to three releases a year, right? So now, with not every product being for us, there's. Just some of it, we just got to learn to let it go. Like, like Richard doesn't buy every secret layer, right? Like, like, like Richard's like probably maybe bought one secret layer. <laughs> I love promos, so I will buy every secret layer pretty much. Yeah, I bought a single I one. I bought the original one, Kaleidoscope Killers, and that was it. I haven't bought one ever since. I continue well, to buy them. I love promos. 
I also have to pay think... duties and shipping, so it sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Seth. I feel like there's a, a contradiction there though, because wizards, on one hand, they're saying and trying to make all these specialized products for a narrow group of players, which I think that makes sense. The problem is, I don't know if that works for commander players because it feels like every product they make is built for commander players. Like we were just talking about Modern Horizons and like Ave being worded in a way that obviously doesn't matter to Modern to make it relevant for commander. So I could see how commander players, even more than constructed players or whatever, would be experiencing this fatigue because it feels like every set is for you if you play commander with very few exceptions as a modern player i can tune out you know commander pre-cons i can tune out arena exclusives i can tune out a lot of stuff can you do that as a commander player with wizards d literally designing every set with a ton of cards for commander i sure have on some stuff. i mean <laughs> so i i can to an extent like i will tune it out but you know my job is to do reviews on all of them and I do updates and stuff, so I, I'm forced to tune in. But I can, but I think that's where the fatigue comes from. I think that's where the problem lies for some people, where they can't tune out. They need to be, uh, they need to, they feel obligated to uh, keep up with all the commander-related stuff. And as you touched off on, like if if every single set is now focused on commander, those players are the ones who are going to be, you know, stressed out about because they feel like not only do they have to you know, you're looking out for um, your commander precon sets from every single year, but now you have more of those. And now every single set is like heavily focused on it. Every single set is literally being advertised. Like I remember Modern Horizons when it was being advertised, it was like commander players, check this out. Like it was literally on their website, like commander players, check this out. Here's all these cool things. Ooh, look at Garth One Eye, you know, it's like as part of the draw to buy this set. And um, if you're trying to keep up with all that, it's very difficult, but should you? Is this is this something that like Wizard of the Coast should be mindful of? Like that there are people who are going to be obsessed about every single commander related thing. But I, I think you are supposed to keep up because, like, the reason they have to print so many products and they have to make so many weird, obscure commanders is for people like us who've explored all of Commander, right? And we're like, oh, but white needs this and red needs that, right? If you're a new player. There's like billions of cards you can play with, right? You're not down this rabbit hole where you're like, oh, you know, I, I can't build the perfect Boros deck because I don't have card draw, right? Like, I, I feel like it's for people like us who have seen every card, know every card, and know like, oh, this one card is missing or we need more variety. Because I find it the opposite, right? I find my casual friends can't keep up with magic, right? They come back, they're like, is that a magic card? I'm like, yeah, it's a secret lair. It looks like a rock poster, don't worry. Right? Like, what's that? It's double-sided. You can spend five minutes reading both sides of the cards, right? Like, <laughs> magic goes by so fast for them. They can't keep up. Yeah. And they can't play a game of magic, right? They know the base rules. They know how to attack. They know how to block. But every card is a book. They spend, like, literally 75% of the game just reading cards, right? And they're caught up. If they step away for six months, guess what? The whole meta shifted, right? <laughs> Read all the new cards again. So that just leads them to not playing, right? Like it's too much upkeep to, to keep up with everything, even though they theoretically know the rules, right? But they can't actually play it, right? Like they don't know enough of the cards by sight and then it just drags down the game. They feel bad. They're slowing everything down. They'd rather just step out. So I, I actually don't know who all these products are for. If like the enfranchised players are fatigued 
new players find it overwhelming. Like, who who is this for then? I mean, but, let's ask this question then real quick. Other card games, do we know how their set releases? Are, is Magic putting out more product than any other card game? Because this would be a great question. It's got to be research ahead of time. Whoops. Right. <laughs> because like, if you look at what other card games are doing, I follow Pokemon on a casual level. I follow Yu-Gi-Oh on on a casual level, and they and like they, it's also overwhelming over there too, right? Like I see that there's a new pre-constructed deck. Uh, there's a new Pokemon set every other every other week on the shelves, and all of them are always sold out. Uh, so the thing here is, I don't know. I'm is Magic keeping up with the other card games? Are they ahead of the other card games? You know what I mean? Like I feel. Like they might, they, like every every card game right now is just ramping out a lot of stuff. It seems like uh, I just I I have not followed uh, Hearthstone in a very long time, but conveniently on their official page they have just all of the sets us uh, perfectly lined up in a very easy way. It seems like every single year they are aiming for on average three sets. Well, wait, released. wait, Hearthstone, right? Hearthstone, yeah. Okay. Heart or Hearthstone, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, but like, I guess that's a little bit different, right? Because I feel like there's not the collect like the like paper card games specifically are dropping hmm. a ton of content, tons of new sets, tons of pre-constructed decks, tons of you know, like, and then Yu-Gi-Oh has like character character themed decks. So it is almost like a, a commander deck. Then they came well, out with like a new format that's like a it's like quick it's like a quick commander format, right? And and then then the Pokemon's got tons of stuff too. So like, is Magic just keeping up? That's the question. Like, and it feels like right now Magic is just trying to keep up with everything that's going on around it. I also want to play devil's advocate. Like, I, it is overwhelming. I also had the same issue with my friends too. Uh, my friends got really. I got some friends into Magic again. Uh, literally, they're going to be playing soon with me. Um, to play their the D and D precons that I picked up for them, um, and they were super hyped about like talking about the latest set, and they're like, "Finally, I'm caught up." And the dismay in my friend's voice when I said, "Well, I mean, you're caught up until like the end of this month, and then you know the Innistrad set's coming out." He's like, "Really? It literally like AFR just came out like two weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever. Like literally, it's been it's been no time, and we're all talking about Innistrad now." Um, so I mean, I get that, but also at the same time, isn't isn't Wizards of the Coast like uh, announced like Hasbro announcing like record profits every single year? So like, <laughs> yeah, they keep our putting out stuff. So our, yeah, our anecdotal evidence is saying that there's too much stuff, but at the same time, we can't really deny the fact that it's making them a lot of money. So clearly, clearly it's working, or else why would they would they be doing this, right? I mean, the question yeah. is: Is it sustainable? Right? Is it? Yeah. It, it, like everything has boomed, right? Like Krim yeah. said, like the the trading card market is like taking off, right? But taking off in a good way or taking off like a dot com crash, right? Is 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 this uh, I forgot what those little the Beanie Babies or whatever, right? Like whatever, right? Or and you know with like especially in the United States, all the stimulus money, right? People pump mm -hmm. that into cards, right? Like so everything's going up, right? Like literally everything, like this, you know, all the different stocks and things like that. Is it sustainable? Is this money coming from somewhere, or you know, is everyone eating ramen, and then we're all gonna like keel over <laughs> due to malnutrition, <laughs> right? Like, can we actually keep it going? Or, you know, is it actually new players, or is it, 
you know, stretching the existing player base thin, right? Like we're one secret layer away from bankruptcy, right? So that's the question, right? How many years can they keep this going? And that's where the concern is because I think most people are saying, you know, right now it's not too bad, right? But if you keep going at like two or three more years or if you accelerate the pace, where are we then, right? I think that's the the big question, right? Especially if you're holding on to like thousands of dollars of magic cards, you don't want this all coming down, right? And your cards being worth zero, right? So I think that's the question. Can we actually keep it going? Yeah, also, I, I mean, I think that is a question. Uh, also, okay. for MTG investors, diversify your portfolio. Just saying, that's a good idea. I know there's a lot of people out there who have like all of their savings and magic cards, and I feel like just, just heads up, maybe you should diversify. It's just it's a good good economic one one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my concern, too. I feel like right now, kind of what I said at the intro, like, we're, we're kind of at the peak. Like, we're, we're about as far as I feel like we can go as far as the release schedule. And I don't know how they can keep it up. And that's what makes me really nervous. And what happens when they stop keeping it up, if that's inevitable? It reminds me a little bit of, like... Uh, when they were getting the advertised views for their tournaments and they had 150,000 people watching this tournament. And it was like, well, it's all fine and good, you know, why you're getting these advertised like views. But what happens when you stop doing it? And eventually they decided to stop doing it. And then you have 2000 people and everyone's like, oh, my God, your game, your game is dying. You lost, you know, 98 percent of your viewership in one year. Like, what's the matter with your game? Uh, like, is that where we're heading for that same sort of crash with, you know, the, the game overall and the economy and the market? Like, what happens if they do, you know, pull back on things? How would that go over? Can they even do it at this point? Or that you have to just keep pushing forward? They're until all it collapses? <laughs> yeah. They can't. They can't. The minute they pull back one, they're like, magic is dying. <laughs> we didn't grow. Well, that's cool yep. to see. It, it really, yeah. For investors, it's going to be very, it's going to be scary because eventually... The growth has to slow. This can't go on forever, I assume. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe 2025, Tomer's like, you fool. Now, now that we have 50 and... sets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you poor naive fool when you were only talking about like 15 new sets a year. Now we're at 50, all right? And we have super secret layers, all right? Um, yeah, I, I feel like it has to slow down eventually. And then the problem is that there's going to be less profits being recorded, announced, and such. How is that going to affect... I feel like players like they can get they can get used to a slower release schedule over time too. There's gonna be some some pains, you know, withdrawal of not having <laughs> spoiler season literally back to back for months on end forever, just perpetual hype machine. But you'll get used to it, you'll adjust to it, but like I don't know, if you if, if Hasbro keeps saying, Oh, well this year we went down in profits and last year uh went down more and it's like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to pan out. My gut is for being boomers, though, right? Like, I feel next yeah. year we'll have 64 products. It's like going on YouTube and being like, oh, there's too many videos. I can't watch all the content <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> like, closing it down. You're like, what? Right? You're weird. Yeah. I feel with, like, Universes Beyond, they're going to, like, quadruple that, right? Like, we'll be talking about, oh, it's Iron Man spoiler season, you know, in parallel with Lord of the Rings spoiler season, in parallel with Stranger Things, you know, and <laughs> there'll be like 8,000 like decks and <sighs> you'll just all kind of play in your own little bubble, right? Like you won't be able to keep up. Like imagine you're a Star Wars fan or a Harry Potter fan and you try to keep up with every product being made. It's impossible. Like every minute a new Harry 
Potter product is coming out or a new Star Wars product or a new Pokemon product is coming out. You cannot keep up with it. So maybe you just accept it and embrace it. That's how um, I've accepted Pokemon, right? I just yeah. buy psychic type and water types and stuff like that. And that's it. <laughs> is that the blue black control? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I bet I bet but, I bet Krim plays a priest in Hearthstone as well. I, in Warlock. Warlock. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I haven't played in a decade. I just remember that priest way back in the day because I'm a boomer again. Uh, that it was the most obnoxious thing. It was like mill you out. Take your library, put it into mine, wait until you die of fatigue. That was fun. Literally. Okay, here's a question for you boomers then. Us boomers. How do we cope <laughs> in a world of... Like, how do we survive this world? We do what you we're just overwhelmed said. by products. What you just said, just play in our own bubbles and what we want, right? Keep up where, where we can. And and yeah. I because I, and maybe that's why I haven't experienced the fatigue. Like when a new set comes out or a new release comes out, it, if, if I just don't care about it, I just don't care about it. I don't think much more than that uh, because I don't feel like it applies to me. And so, and most sets don't anymore because they all have creatures. So I don't, I guess that's also <laughs> a thing. Uh, but, but yeah, like I, I just kind of, Adapt, play to my own little bubble and to like my play style. I look for something that furthers a deck that I would like or a play style I like. If I don't see anything, then I just go on to the next thing and I just wait. Krim just looks for the most annoying cards every release. Yeah, does this hate green? <laughs> no, okay, it's yes. not that good. It's not that will good. this make people? Will this make people kill me first? <laughs> Snap by. Right. Ten copies, please. I have a unique <laughs> twist on this as well. How do you feel about product fatigue? Since we're all content creators, how do you feel about that uh, on the perspective of a content creator? Which, Ooh. you know. I mean, so <laughs> that one, that's that's the pickle, right? Because as content creators, mm. you have to be kept up, or keeping up, right? So that one, I don't know how you get around that. Because, like, if, like, we're doing this, and then we're also doing, like, you know, historic jumpstart, right? And then we're also doing <laughs> all these other things simultaneously. So that uh, the, the content creator side, I have no clue. <laughs> I think so from a player's perspective, the one good thing is we're talking about Commander and it's a casual format and it's not about trying to, you know, min-max and optimize your deck so you can qualify for something or win a pro tour. So you can take a set off, you can take a year off and you can go sit down with four people and you're still gonna have a good time. So you don't you don't have to be invested in every single set. Uh, so that is, I think, the, the, the good news in that. From a content creator's perspective, I think it's really a double-edged sword. Like, always having something to talk about is awesome. At the same time, I recently, in like the last six months, I've started to feel like I can't do everything I want to do because the next thing comes up so fast. Like I want to build this cool Krim mentioned historic horizons. Like I want to build this cool, you know, historic horizons uh, deck and focus on that for a couple of weeks, but we're on to Innistrad spoilers and Innistrad precon spoilers. Uh, so it's just, it's just not possible. So I feel like it could be a, I don't know. It's a little bit too much, but I do like having new magic cards to talk about all the time. Like that's, I think definitely a positive. I do love that. I, I love constantly having a card to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But but that that like the the fact that the content that's put out is super dated uh, by yeah. the time it already comes out is is scary. <laughs> it's essentially it's a rush, right? Like yeah. a, a new format comes out, you go for a full blitz, you know, getting out as much content as possible. But then 
for me at least, my my major gripe. I like it also. I think it's overall a good thing as a content creator to just always have stuff that you can pump pump out content with and be excited about and be genuinely hyped for because it's new and interesting. Uh, instead of just like playing the same old stuff over and over again, I think that's really good. Um, and probably helps with with videos and, and and for viewers and everything. But on the other hand, like it sucks for like trying to do anything that will take a while. Like any any project that you know is like. It's going to take about two weeks, you know, but like at any time, at any time, there could be an announcement for the next thing. And this will be old news, you know, like you're you're on the clock. You have like three weeks, three weeks of, of the, the set coming out and that's it. And then it's on to the next thing. And that's that's always like the, the frustrating thing, like trying to take on bigger projects. And I think you're I think viewers like everybody, everybody listening, uh, if you're if you're eating, I want eating, consuming a lot of uh, like MTG content, you'll you might be noticing that everything is just turning into like news outlets. And that's pretty much it. Like you can't really you can't really dwell on things too long because they're going to be irrelevant very quickly. So that kind of also shifts how content creation is made. It's going to be focusing basically on what's what's hot, what's fast to pump out, and not a lot of these long-term projects that can get dated very quickly. And I do think that overall hurts the community in, in one sense. Like, for example, if you were to watch Commander content on, on YouTube, you would see, like, all the latest cards being played, like, all the time, right? And, you know, every week, there's a new set coming out or whatever, and people are showcasing those cards. And you don't really get to see a showcase of the older cards, right? Like what you would have to do is go and find old videos when those cards were new, uh, but you wouldn't see like how those old cards interact with new cards, right? So I, I do think it actually, I don't know, it, it hurts in the sense that there's less diversity, but it's better for wizards because they're getting more advertising on their latest product, right? Yeah. So. Uh, but like, you know, we very rarely see like really old cards being played and like people breaking out, uh, you know, even things like Strixhaven or Kaldai, not even that old, right? But like, we're already on, what right? Like if, was that? This, this was is the worst, release? right? Like you don't want to release, release Strixhaven content now because it's just dated, but you wait five years that it's classic, right? Uh, but you know, it's, it, it's just really fast, right? And I do think there's some trickle down, right? Like things like we we talked about like oh is mono white actually bad i don't know but the narrative has been like that in the community for five years and that's what the narrative is right like it does actually shape the narrative and, and form opinions and stuff right so you know what's being said and what's being done does actually reflect back to the actual users yeah it was just like an interesting perspective that i didn't really have a chance to talk to you, you guys about so I thought it would be just cool to to mention as well on the podcast. Like this is this is like you're, the 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 content that we're producing is a reflection of the release schedule. Um, so if people were wondering like how why content is the way it is, it's very much dictated by product releases. All right. Well, that was kind of a, a short one for us on the podcast. We pretty much covered everything we wanted to say. Uh, was there anything we wanted to to bring up before we ended it? All right. Well, that was it, friends. That We talked about Commander of Product Fatigue. We also want to hear uh, your perspective on things. So let us know in the comment section below. How are you dealing with the, the higher influx of, of cards? Do you find them a good thing? Do you find them a bad thing? Um, what, what, what do you consider any of the pros and cons that we did not consider uh, in our own debate? Uh, let us know in the comment section below. And also, if you want to help out the podcast, help out the show, uh, just 
uh, support us in general, please make sure to like and subscribe. Most people who watch are not subscribers, so it would really help us out if you subscribed, like the video, and uh, perhaps go to our mtggoldfishmerchstore.com, which I forgot to mention at the beginning of the video, but it's, it's there, the video, the, the, the URL. I mentioned it. It's also on the screen. You can buy Richard's couch. Maybe. <laughs> what? I did not agree to this. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. There's a price for everything. All right, Richard? It's on the uh, internet now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and done. All right. Bye. Oh, okay. Sweet.